Thank you for tuning in. My name is Peyton, and I'm here with a special guest. Pat Thomas with Advocates for Animals. So what was the inspiration behind the idea of Advocates for Animals? I have been involved in animal rescue for over 25 years. And after moving to Western North Carolina, recognized that there was really no resources to assist community members with pet retention. I wanted to take a proactive approach to enable people to keep their pets in the home rather than having to surrender them to our already overcrowded county shelters and rescue organizations. We offer solutions to try to help people keep their pets in the home under challenging circumstances. So how did Advocates for Animals get started exactly? Well, after participating in a community task force formed by our county commissioners um, to assist with attributes that we would like to see as a community for our new county shelter, another individual and I began a discussion about the possibility of an organization such as this that would offer help to the community in terms of keeping animals out of the shelter system. So we organized a meeting to explain what we wanted to create in the community and asked others to be involved on a board of directors and then pursued our nonprofit status. Once we did that, then we began to market ourselves in the community to help folks with their pets. Okay, so you work with the animal shelters around here? Yes, we work with other animal shelters, rescue organizations. We have transport partners, shelter partners up north, a variety of different partners we work with in the community. So what is Advocate for Animals' mission or goal, like the ultimate goal? Well, our ultimate goal is to keep pets in the home. Mm -hmm. to enable people that maybe have a financial challenge, whether it be, well, normally temporarily financially challenged, to help them keep their pets as opposed to something that we term as economic euthanasia, which means an individual may take an animal to a veterinarian clinic, not have the means to pay for it, and the animal have to be euthanized rather Aww. than treated. Our actual mission statement is we work to improve the health and welfare of companion animals and the people who love them in our community through education, empowerment, and services. We also strive to focus on educating the community on proper pet care and ensure our communities are aware of the resources in our area that they have access to. So what services does Advocates for Animals provide? We provide a variety of services. Um, we provide assistance with vet care. Uh, normally, there are emergency situations. We don't have the means to assist with ongoing care. Uh, so routine visits and that kind of thing. You know, if you can't afford that for your pet, then mm -hmm. you probably shouldn't have one. But we also help with if someone has an animal that they need fencing for and they can't keep their pet on their property, we will assist with that. Uh, we have assisted folks with pet food. If they have a behavioral issue with their pets, we have relationships with dog trainers that will donate their time to help train pets. We also help with pet-related supplies such as crates, leashes. If a dog stays outside, even though we don't advocate that, you know, we try to find a dog house if a dog has no shelter. Mm -hmm. We offer a lost and found pet service via the Jackson County Lost and Found page, which I moderate. We also have a very extensive email list, and I have, at last count, about 500 people included in Jackson, Haywood, Swain, some in Buncombe, Graham, and Macon County. The other thing that we provide is short-term assistance with boarding animals for families that are either temporarily homeless or may be involved in a domestic violence situation. We have actually worked with both 
the Department of Social Services and the Jackson County Homeless Program, assisting folks in these ways. You probably know that people in domestic violence situations, if they have a pet, they won't leave because they fear for their pet. Mm-hmm. Many shelters for home, for the homeless humans don't have accommodations for animals. Therefore, they cannot bring their pet. So we yeah. offer a solution for that as okay. well so that the person can become established in a new place and then they'll be reunited with their pet rather mm-hmm. than having to relinquish it to a shelter. Yeah, that'd be tough on somebody, especially. The other thing that we do is we support folks in the community who are, who are saving animals off the street that are unclaimed. Uh, you would be astounded at the amount of animals that are found and unclaimed in our community, not only through community members, but also through our animal shelter. I'm not sure what the percentage of animals that are unclaimed are, but I'm fairly confident in saying that it's higher than it should be. So what we do, if someone contacts us and says, hey, we found a stray animal, we will help them with vet care. We will pay for vaccinations. We will pay for spay neuter as long as the person is able to foster the animal for Mm -hmm. us. We also provide low-cost spay neuter through our partners at the Fish and More Pet Store and the Jackson County Humane Society, which most people know as ARF. And for these animals that are being rescued off the street, we will also facilitate rehoming them when necessary by working with other rescue partners or by transporting to Northern Shelter Partners. So is there a fee for your services? There is no fee for our services. However, we just ask the community to give back to us when they are able, either financially or by volunteering. So going off of the volunteering, so what can people do exactly to volunteer? Well, there's a variety of things they can do. Uh, Fostering animals is our biggest need. We can save more animals if we have folks that are willing to bring animals in their home temporarily. Mm -hmm. And all we ask is that they give them love and socialization and a safe place to stay. We would provide all vet care, food, and supplies necessary for that animal. But of course, you know, volunteering for us, whether it be transporting animals, volunteering at events, helping to educate the community in the ways that they can to foster responsible pet care. So how long usually would somebody foster an animal? It depends It could be anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of months. It just depends on the animal. Lots of folks do what we call foster fail. They will bring an animal into their home, foster it, and decide that they're going to adopt it. We just had someone do that recently with a dog that uh, we took into our program because Mm -hmm. the owner had passed away and no one was caring for the dogs, and a neighbor contacted us and asked if we would take care of the animal or bring the animal into our rescue. We secured a foster for the animal, and then that foster decided to officially adopt the dog. There are several folks that foster through the Fish and More Pet Store, but they foster the puppies while they're waiting to be spay-neutered so that they're in a home, so they can be socialized, potty trained, and that kind of thing, because what fostering an animal does is you try to Uh, set that animal up for success when they are adopted. Mm -hmm. So to socialize them, to house train them, whatever may be necessary for their behavior, you know, issues that might need to be addressed, they're better addressed in a home as opposed to the animal being in a shelter environment. It's very stressful. So do you think that pet owners in Western North Carolina face unique issues that makes owning a pet more challenging? I don't think that there are any unique issues per se, uh, just a little statistical information. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, individuals in western North Carolina counties have a median income of over $7,000 below the state average. 
Over 22% of the Western North Carolina population is living below poverty level. So since our typical demographic are low income, limited income, and elderly individuals, the area lends itself to have this need. But I don't believe that the issues in this rural area are much different than Mm -hmm. other rural areas in other states. I think they all face the same challenges. Do you think that age plays a factor into owning a pet? I don't feel that age is so much a factor. However, education, choices, and financial means are. In other words, if you're a young person, say a college student, that doesn't have time or the financial needs to care for a pet, then you probably shouldn't get one. People make emotional decisions all the time when acquiring a pet without realizing all the necessary care that animal is going to need. The cute puppy is going to grow into a dog who is going to need quality food, training, ongoing vet care, and love and attention. Proper pet care can be expensive. If you you just look at your routine care for an animal, flea tick prevention and heartworm prevention are a must in the South. Oh, yes. You have to do that for your pet. You know, at the other end of the spectrum, if you are an elderly person, a pet is also a wonderful companion. Older individuals may consider a senior pet uh, that may have the same energy level that they have or one that they're able to manage, but they should also keep in mind, you know, of their age and the pet's age. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so make arrangements for your pet if you're, if you're acquiring a pet at an older age because there's so many animals that their caregivers pass away and they end up going to a shelter. And this is an animal that was previously loved, cared for, And it's very, very scary in a shelter environment. There was, I actually had the amount of money it costs over a dog or a cat's lifetime. And I want to say it was, the high end was upwards of through a pet's lifetime, not including any emergency or unforeseen care. This is just routine care, grooming, food, and that kind of thing is upwards of $40,000, $40,000, I believe, over a pet's lifetime. I mean, you don't think about those things when you yeah. when you get a pet because, you know, a lot of folks think that, you know, all you got to do is feed it. Well, no. Yeah. You know, animals require, animals are like children, and they rely on us for their care. Yeah. If we don't care for them, they don't get care. And the thing about animals, too, is that they can't talk back to you. I mean, they can meow or bark whenever they're in pain or something, but... There's no way that they can say, I'm sick, take me to the vet. So you just kind of have to have the intuition to know when something's wrong. And sadly, to that end, some people contact us, folks that don't have a lot of money, and they wait to take their pet in. Like they will wait three or four days before they call us and ask for our help. So in the case of a puppy that has parvo, that could be the difference in whether the animal survives or not. If parvo's not a death sentence any longer if you catch it in time. However, if you don't, then the animal has less of a chance to live. So what do you think is the number one issue with pet safety right now? There are several, but <laughs> if I were half if I were to have to choose one, pets being allowed to roam in our community. There are no leash laws in any western North Carolina counties that I know of. Really? No. There is a leash law In some of the towns, like the town of Silva has a leash law. I believe the town of Waynesville has a leash law, but the county does not. Therefore, 
if your animal can just, as long as it's on your property, or even if it's not on your property, as long as it's not becoming a nuisance, then it's okay for that animal to be at large. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't put identification on their pets. Mm -hmm. So animals are often picked up and brought to the county shelter. And these are the animals, some of them that are not claimed. Mm -hmm. And there's no way of knowing who owns these animals because they have no collar, tag, and many of them are not microchipped. This also puts these animals at risk of harm in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Being hit by a car, stolen, attacked by a wild animal, or ingesting poison such as antifreeze, which is fatal to a dog or a cat. That would be terrifying to let your dog out to go to the bathroom and then it comes and it won't come back because something happened to it. Somebody either picked him up or ran him over or something. I have had several friends, personal friends as of late that have lost their pets and they're good pet owners, but they just let, you know, they let their pets out to go to the restroom Mm -hmm. and it can happen that quickly. Also, the other thing is if an untagged animal enters our small county shelter, that pet has the potential to put other animals at risk because if the shelter is full and they have to make room. Someone has to go. Right. I mean, now, our county shelter, thankfully, has not had to do that in quite some time, and that would be largely because of the efforts of our local humane society, the ARF group. Mm -hmm. They pull a lot of animals from that shelter. And they get them on a transport. And so that frees up room in our shelter. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some pretty decent adoption uh, numbers lately as well. But regardless of that, it could happen at any time. There have been individuals that have surrendered numerous animals at one time at the shelter. Well, we only have 16 runs in that shelter. So if someone comes in and surrenders six dogs, yeah, it's almost half the shelter. And that is not out of the realm of possibility. So what do you think that pet owners can do to make their homes safer for their pets? Keep items and food that are harmful to your pet out of reach. If you have a a dog or a cat, well, mostly a dog, that is destructive, for example, if you get a new puppy, then keep the puppy in a crate. Mm -hmm. Crate train a puppy. Crate training is a great tool to teach puppies, Mm -hmm. you know, potty training and uh, other things. And it is their safe place. Yeah. You know, animals, most dogs love going into their crate. You tell them, if you teach them to go into their crate, they love to go in their crate. Also, always keep identification on your dogs. I cannot tell you the number of pets that we have posted as lost that someone said they had just gave their dog a bath and then they didn't have their collar on. Just put the collar back on. Mm -hmm. Never have the collar off of your dog. Yeah. Because you never know when the unexpected could happen. You never, I mean, things happen all the time, so. So what do you think that pet owners can do to make their homes safer outdoors? Well, as previously stated, you know, if you don't have a fenced-in yard and your dog doesn't have a good recall, which many dogs do not, dogs are dogs at the end of the day, and if they see a squirrel, they're going to chase it. You know, don't put your animal at risk. If you have a fenced-in yard, that's great, you know, or an electric fence, But if you don't have either of those, then it would, I mean, I recommend keeping dogs on leash. And again, I I will stress this, keep identification tags on your pets at all times and have them microchipped as a backup. And if you do get them microchipped, don't forget to register the microchip. The microchip is useless 
if you don't go online and register it, if your veterinarian or whoever implants it does not do that for you. Oh, okay. You know, the other thing I would like to say is don't tether your dogs outside 24-7. If you're going to have a pet and you can't make it a part of your family, then you probably shouldn't have one. There, There is a culture in our community where people, that's what they do. They have a outside dog exactly an outside dog and and you know what it's okay if you have an outside dog but make sure that dog has proper appropriate shelter Mm -hmm. for the weather conditions and for pete's sake if it's below freezing bring the animal in the house yeah it doesn't matter if they're a husky with the thickest fur double coat ever they are still going to be cold out there exactly the other thing about them outside as i previously mentioned to our our wild animals You know, keep in mind, especially at this time of year, it's mating season for coyotes, which make them much more aggressive. So also, if you do have a fence, check it periodically to ensure it is secure. We have a completely fenced-in yard, and every time we have a storm or any type of weather, I will go out and check our fence. And one time, a tree did fall on it, and so we thankfully we have a gate between our upper and lower yards, Mm -hmm. and so we were able to fix it before our dogs went back up there. Basically, just don't ever take your pets for granted. Don't ever think that they're not going to run away because guess what? They never run away until one day they do, Mm -hmm. and then it's heartbreaking. So that's a member of your family. Correct. That I mean, if you're going to have a pet and you can't treat it as a member of your family, then it probably is a good idea to not get one. Get a goldfish instead. So how can people contact Advocates for Animals? We have a website. Our application for assistance is currently on our website. So for anyone who is asking for our help, they can contact us there. And that's advocatesforanimalsjc.org is our website. We also have a Facebook page. Um, If you just type in Advocates for Animals in Jackson County, we'll pop right up. Mm -hmm. You can message us there. Our main hotline number is 828-477-4775. Once a message is left there, I get a text. So we're pretty responsive about getting back to people, especially if it's, because often it's an emergency situation. We also receive calls from area vets as well when they have a client that comes in that, you know, they may have an emergency situation and feel like we may be able to help the individual. So so what do you think is the most rewarding thing about being in this organization? You know, there are several things reuniting people with lost pets, rescuing an animal that was in a really bad circumstance and finding them the best home ever, helping people in the community with animals that may not otherwise receive proper veterinary care, you know, an animal that probably would have died or had to been euthanized if we would not have stepped in, being able to offer assistance to people that wouldn't otherwise have it. Is there anything that I haven't mentioned that you think is important to talk about? The main thing, being in animal welfare for so many years, is, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but adopting an animal or, or purchasing one from a responsible breeder, which I have no problem with, do your research. Mm-hmm. Uh, do your research on the breed and understand that pup, a puppy is a lot of work. If you decide to bring an animal into your family, It is a lifelong commitment. It's like having a child. And, you know, again, if you can't make that commitment, then it's probably better that you don't get one. You know, evaluate if you are ready to take on this responsibility for a life that's going to depend on you for its entire life. And, And we're talking most animals, if they're healthy, can live 
anywhere between, depending on the breed, 12 to 18 years. Mm -hmm. Just make sure that you're financially and emotionally prepared to own a pet. They take a lot of time and a lot of work. If you are not an active person, then don't go out and adopt a Border Collie. Oh, no. (laughs) uh, I mean, just think about that. A lot of people just, it's an emotional decision that they make. And then, you know, just so you know, at the end of the school year, many college students turn pets in when they leave the area because they can't keep them. They took care of them during the school year and then dropped them off because mama wouldn't let them back in at the house. I don't know what all the circumstances are about around it, but the average cost of owning a pet can range from 21000 almost $22,000 a year to $30,000 a year. And that's for a cat. For a dog, the range is from 27000 to $42,000 a year. Just keep in mind these numbers are dependent on size, breed, etc., where they have whether they have to be groomed. And again, these figures do not necessarily include unforeseen emergencies, which can be super expensive. This just mostly includes initial and ongoing vet care, food, toys, grooming, and other pet necessities. Thank you so much for coming in today and talking with me about Advocates for Animals. And your website again is advocatesforanimalsjc.org? Correct. Advocatesforanimalsjc.org. Well, thank you for tuning in. My name is Peyton, and I hope you have a wonderful day.